Welcome to the Doggy Dan Podcast Show, helping you unleash the greatness within your dog. Hello and welcome everybody. I'm Doggy Dan. Thanks ever so much for tuning into this podcast, show number four, which is all about excited and aggressive dog greetings. So inside this show, I'm really going to help sort of help you understand and help explain, you know, when is a dog being aggressive, sort of when, how to recognize whether they're just excited and sort of just get a better understanding of when the two sort of start to cross over and where it can go so pear-shaped because it's, it's a very, very common issue for a lot of dog owners this and uh, yeah, the two certainly do overlap excitement and aggression. Now, before we kick off, a little reminder as always, the show notes for what I'm talking about here can be found at www.doggydan.com forward slash show four. Or you can just go to doggydan.com and do a search. So, what is exactly coming up? Well, as I mentioned, we'll set the scenario, we'll set the scene going through sort of what are we talking about here? What is this dog excited and what is this dog aggression sort of thing? And... And then I'm going to read you an email from somebody because it's just a, it's a, it's the classic email of what is happening to so many people. And, uh, and it's really the dramas that you're faced with and when you're not sure what to do. And then we will go straight into the three options which are available to you, really. These are the three big options you've got available to you when you've got your dog on a leash and you see another dog and you're not sure whether to let your dog go to that dog or whether you should turn and run or whether you should do something else. You really have got three options. I'll go through all of those. And uh, then we'll have a look at some of the ways you can actually help calm your dog down. Because there's a whole load of uh, different options and, and uh, ways of calming your dog. So we'll touch all, on all of those. And we'll go through the real key to the training, which is a, it's a lovely little technique. It's so subtle. The, this is the thing about this topic. The solution is so logical, and yet it's very subtle. And we get it so confused. We get so messed up. And there's a second email I'm going to read to you, a second question that a lady has posted on my forum inside the online dogtrainer.com video website of mine. She's posted this email and it's just, well, I must admit, I, it was so well written. I found it absolutely hilarious. She goes through the, the four trainers that she's already contacted. The, she talks about the 35 books she's read and she's still no closer to a understanding what's going on with a dog, why a dog is barking so much and uh, when, when she sees other dogs and of course what she's meant to do. So here we are. Here's Caroline's email. We'll start with sort of setting the scenario. Very typical scenario, this. Hello, Doggy Dan. I have a gorgeous five-month-old Labradoodle who's a wonderful personality. Just a couple of issues which seem to be pretty common. Basically, she jumps all over any visitor we have. And if we go for a walk, whenever she sees another dog in particular, she starts pulling really hard on the lead and wants to get to the other dog. I've stopped on occasions and she starts jumping all over the other dogs, with some of them not taking it very well and growling at her. Any suggestions as to how I can improve her jumping on the walks? Thanks very so much. Now, not all, all dogs behave slightly differently. So some dogs, you know, I just want to paint the picture. Some of you will have a dog who, from 100 or 200 meters away, will be on their back legs, barking their head off. You know, and if you've got a big German Shepherd dog, it's absolutely terrifying. They're about to pull you over. They could be lunging. But often the barking is, is not that really aggressive barking. It's more of the woo, 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 depending on what sort of dog you've got. Or if you've got a chihuahua, they could be on their back legs going, yep, 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 yep. 
But it's not really aggressive. It, it does always have that sort of kind of excited, happy ring to it. It's important to, first of all, identify whether you really do have what we call an aggressive dog or just an excited dog. And uh, that is one of the ways you can tell. You know, the excited bark is very different from the aggressive bark. It, sometimes it's a subtle difference, but it is different. Now, that is one scenario. You've got a dog on the back legs, uh, you know, barking away. You may have a silent dog who's just simply panting and, and, you know, eyeballs on stalk, pulling to get to the other dog, scrambling away, slipping on the pavement or digging their claws into the earth, dragging you towards the other dogs. Whatever issue you've got, you know, whether it's a barking dog or an excited dog or a quiet dog, but, you know, they're, if they're desperate to get to that other dog and you're not sure what to do, this is the scenario that we're really looking at today. And it is a very common problem. You know, we, you know it can start at a real young age. As, a, as a, The email I just read from, uh, I think her name was Caroline. Yeah, Caroline. Her gorgeous dog, Labradoodle, is only five months old. And that's typical. It can start early as that. Possibly, very likely, you know, you've got a very sociable dog. If it's happening at that age, you've got a very sociable dog. And it is a case of, if you can nip it in the bud now, brilliant. Because... For other people, it might not start till the dog is a year old, 18 months old, something like that. As the dog develops more confidence and starts saying, oh, I love dogs. I've, I've decided I really enjoy playing with all dogs. I just want to get to them as fast as I can. I want to play with them. And uh, you may have let that sort of happen over the last six months or a year. And now you're finding that you've sort of reinforced that behavior. And now when the dog sees another dog, they basically bark and drag you there. And you don't give them what they want. They basically, they're not happy and uh, they throw a bit of a tantrum and, that's where so many people have ended up. So whilst it's sort of one issue or one topic or one scenario, there's obviously little variations on that topic depending on your dog, their age, their breed. And, it, and it, the good news is, the good news is it does calm down. In other words, when your dog is 10 years old, I guarantee they're not going to be desperately dragging you towards the other dogs because they'll just be a totally different energy. They'll be an OAP, old age pensioner. And... Um, yeah, they'll be far calmer and more, more relaxed and uh, they'll probably be staying away from all these young, yappy, excited dogs. But we can't wait for 10 years, so we've got to deal with the issue now. All I'm saying is there is the, the good side of it is that you're probably in the, the middle of it at about 18 months to sort of two years, I would say. You know, between one to two years is when most dogs are most excited in this sort of fashion. So there, uh, what I want to talk about now is this the huge confusion between barking uh, or dog aggression and dog excited. You know, the excited dog, the aggressive dog, are they the same? Are they different? Well, of course, aggression and excitement is very different. They're two totally different things. But in this situation, I just want to highlight the fact that the two can sort of start to intermix. Uh, in other words, they sort of overlap. All I'm trying to point out is that the more you allow your dog to become excited the more chance I would suggest in general that they are going to be aggressive. And it's such an important concept to grasp because otherwise you think it's all fun and games just letting your dog get more and more excited, pulling you you know, on their back legs, dragging you towards other dogs, barking excitedly because they're only happy. And when they get there, they're very happy. The point I'm making is, yeah, that's all well and good, but what happens when it all goes pear-shaped because they turn up and they're so excited, you know, they try and mount the other dog or they climb on top of the other dog's head and this big dog who's very, you know... <laughs> very macho or she could be a very macho dog just turns around and clobbers your dog well what happens there well it's your fault really 
We don't want to portion blame here, but it's you've allowed that to happen. You've allowed your dog to turn up like a crazy hound. Nobody's put your dog in place, and this dog has just done exactly that. So it's about understanding that if your dog is too excited, they can end up in trouble. And uh, you may get away with it for many, many months, and then it'll go pear-shaped. If you think of it like with children, you know, if you get children too excited, that's when it all starts to go a bit pear-shaped, you know. Uh, I think of my uh, my children, if I, you know, you got to you you can take them up to that on a scale of 1 to 10, you can take them to sort of 7 or 8, but once you start getting into that really silly zone where they're starting to lose the plot and get all crazy, you've got to be aware that things are, you know, things can fly off the handle. A child who's incredibly calm reading a book at a, you know, they're very unlikely to suddenly throw a punch at you or something or slap you. But a child in the in the excitement of play fighting, when you know the adrenaline's pumping, that is when you know things can get a little bit wry, and you need to put the um, the boundaries in place and calm them down a little. So, you know, dogs are no different. If they're a bit too excited, then that's when things can go wrong. And I just want to point out at this point that sometimes there can be a little bit of fear in there as well. So it's not that it's your dog is either being dominant or fearful or aggressive or excitement. There can be a mixture of all those things in there because a lot of people try and identify exactly what it is and I'd suggest it can often be a little bit of a, a mixture of all of those things. And let's move straight on to the meat of this topic, which is the three options which are available to you. Because, you know, generally speaking, there really are only three options. And they are these three. The, the first one is that if your dog is just too excited, if they're over the top and, it's and your gut feel is that it's not going to be a good thing to let your dog meet another dog because you've obviously got to look at the other dog and weigh it up and say, well, what would happen if this did go pear-shaped? One option is to simply walk away. Now, the second option is that you look at your dog and you weigh it up and you decide, hey, Let's let them play. It's all good. This is going to be okay. Your dog's doing a pretty good job by their standards. And the third option is that you actually work with your dog for a little while. You calm them down and then you allow them to approach and meet the other dog. So there are the three options that you that are really available to you. And they are, there are only those three options, really. I mean, whatever you do with your dog to calm them down, there's obviously a myriad of different uh, tools and techniques which I'm going to go through. But they're the three options. And inside my video website, theonlinedogtrainer.com, so if you're interested, www.theonlinedogtrainer.com, you'll find um, some lovely videos inside the dog aggression section of me working with my three dogs, Moses, Inker, and Peanut. And they're all meeting a, a, a lovely young dog who has this exact sort of issue going on, a little bit of excitement, a little bit of aggression, a little bit of fear, not quite sure how to behave. And... I, I videoed, we've videoed all three of the greetings and the meetings, and they're all so different. It's brilliant because the first meeting where um, little Lola, this sort of Dalmatian cross, beautiful little uh, dog, when she first meets Peanut, it's a case of we have to basically just work with Lola and get her to calm down because when she first sees Peanut and they're both on leads, it's just absolutely no way would you let those dogs meet. That's the sort of situation where you can see it. If you let these two dogs meet in that state, there's a really strong chance that it's going to go pear-shaped. They've both, well, not Peanut, my dog's pretty calm, but dear Lola is just stressed. She's excited. She's, you know, protecting her property. Um, so we work with her. She calms down. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, we let them get together. Absolutely fine. 
no problems at all. The second uh, dog that we meet is Moses. Lola meets Moses, and it's a case of yeah, just let them play straight away. They they kind of they're within sort of a meter of each other. They're very calm. We just let the drop the leads on the ground, let them play. No, no need to do anything. And then when she meets Inca. It's almost like two magnets sort of repelling each other. It's quite bizarre. So we didn't actually have to walk Inca away because the two of them, and they really did sort of uh, reflect each other's energy because Inca, my dog, Inca is not an overly confident, confident dog. She sort of said, I'm not too sure about you. I think I'll stay away. Dear Lola said the same, same thing and they just moved away. And so that's where we can actually learn from dogs when you watch these dogs interacting. How do they do it? It's a beautiful example of, of uh, you know, three different scenarios, three different dogs and that's the three options I'm suggesting to you. So I'm going to go through in the next couple of uh, sections how to calm your dog down, what training you should actually do. But I just want to cover off those three so they, they really sink into your mind. You always have three options. You could be 200 meters away from a dog and you decide that's as close as I want to get to this dog. I'm going to kind of maybe do some work with the, your dog, trying to calm them down. Or you may just say, hey, now is not the time to do this training. I'm just going to walk away. You could alternatively be just six foot from another dog. And you could be thinking, shall I let my dog meet this dog? And the answer is no. So you're not failing by choosing that first option of walk away. Walk away is a fantastic option. It's like people. Not all people get on with everybody. You know, you don't have to. And it's the same in the dog world. The sooner you realize that, the better. The sooner you realize that there's some dogs you should stay away from. Even now I see some dogs, I think, mm, no, I think I'll just keep my dogs away. You know, I work with a lot of dogs where I say to the owner, you know, it's just not the right time until a whole load of foundational work has been put in place. Your dog is not ready to meet my dogs, especially not on your property. Maybe at the park it'd be different. But uh, yeah, it's not failure. It's basically learning. It's like anything in life. If you're trying to lift 100 kilos on a bench press and you can only lift 50 you know, putting 100 kilos on the bar is stupid. You're only going to fail, injure yourself, get depressed. And when it does go wrong with your dog, that's what happens. We go backwards, we get depressed, and we feel like we failed. Our dog starts getting upset and uh, distrusting of other dogs. So walk away. That's the first option. The second option is trying to read those signs of when your dog is actually pretty calm, you do want to reward them and say to them, okay, that's what we're looking for. And and so we're not asking for miracles. If you've got a dog who's normally, you know, really, really excited and they simply calm much calmer than usual for some reason, feel free to let your dog go. I'm not saying you've always got to go through this whole process of learning to calm your dog down because if your dog's pretty calm and you start moving them away from the other dog and they start to get frustrated that they were calm and you didn't let them meet the other dog, then you can actually create a mountain out of a molehill. And that's not what we're looking to do here. So sometimes be ready, you know, straight away you see another dog, think, oh, this is all good, let your dog go. Now, a couple of things you may want to consider is I show people in my website, you know, there's a lot of videos of me using lines, short lines and long lines to keep control of the dog, to keep control of the environment. That So that if your dog starts being silly, you can easily stand on the line, whether it's a short you know, two meter line and pick the line up and walk away with your dog to calm them down, or a longer line, 10 meters long, so you can uh, catch them and calm them down. So you may want to drop the line on the ground and just let your dog go, rather than taking the line off, taking the leash off completely, where you do lose quite a bit of control. And uh, the, other, the other thing with uh, those lines is, if you, if you kind of keep hold of the line, or the lead, or the leash, 
you, there is more chance of your dog being a bit frustrated and stressed and tense because what tends to happen is people put tension into that line and your dog can't behave the same way as they normally would. So what I'm saying is most dogs are far more relaxed when you let them off the leash. So just bear that in mind because it can be another way of, of kind of overcoming this way over the top excitedness that happens when uh, you keep hold of the lead and you, you kind of slowly walk towards the other dogs. A lot of people find if they actually let the dog off leash, dog's much calmer. So you've got to kind of adapt these um, tools and techniques to your situation to, to figure out what is going to work best for you. And the third option is basically that you kind of think, well, this is a good opportunity for me to do some work training my dog. Usually this will happen in an on-leash area. In other words, if the dogs are all running around off-leash at the park, you kind of can't do this because the dogs will all run up to your dog and uh, that's game over. However, if it's an on-leash area, so you could try this outside the vets, outside the pet shops, in car parks where there's dogs walking around, going to the pet shops, you could sort of stand maybe 50 yards away, 20 yards away from other dogs or the entrance and... Uh, just train your dog to calm down that's the other option and you calm your dog down until your dog is in a pretty good state you know for what you're working you know the stage that you're working at and then you allow them to go and greet and meet the other dog and i'm going to go through that in a second exactly how to calm your dog down because it is sort of the key to this whole uh, this whole topic but before i do that i want to go through a email which sort of triggered this whole podcast to be honest i only received it the other day and uh well it made me laugh it made me smile i felt sorry for the lady i admired her for her tenacity and her determination to find a solution and uh yeah i'll read it out to you i'll, I'll skip through it because it's a very long email she sort of says uh, well i'll read it to you it's uh, bailey the beagle here we go dear doggy dan my family and i have worked with several dog trainers over the last 15 months to try and solve our beagle girl's barking problem None of the trainers have had any time to actually sit down and really listen to my thoughts, observations, and questions concerning our dog's barking. As a result, I've read about 35 books on dog training, searching for answers without any real solutions. In fact, I believe all the different methods have just confused me and our very cute little beagle. After a year and a half of reading, I found your book. I've written a book, which is called What the Dogs Taught Me About Being a Parent. And then your amazing video training website, theonlinedogtrainer.com. I know you're extremely busy with your family and business, but I hope you can take the time to read this very long post so I can pick your brain and get some of my questions answered. I'll do my best to organize this information so I don't waste your time. And she hasn't wasted my time at all because this podcast has come out of it, and I'm truly grateful to you for that, Crystal. So, firstly, she describes the four trainers she's worked with and the results. And I love this bit because I kind of couldn't agree more with her. So here's the highlights. She basically says, trainer number one was mainly obedience training. And what happened was the dog's barking habit generally increased because it taught the dog that vocalization equaled getting what you want. So I'm not sure what went on there, but I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't agree more. Generally speaking, just obedience training won't work. You know, it, it, it just doesn't work. There's more to it than that. And uh, that was her experience that the barking's actually increased. Trainer two uh, evaluated the dog and advised them to stay 25 feet away from all dogs and people to avoid a dog bite. This discouragement and fear that my dog would bite someone, even though my dog has never shown a single sign that she would bite, has put fear into me. 
And the dog now barks whether she's 25 feet or 200 feet away and only stops when she's met the dog. Now, the very interesting bit for me there was two parts to it. The first is this whole fear that your dog is actually going to bite. I, I mean, I get that. It is a terrible fear, but you don't want to implant that into your mind if you're a dog trainer. You don't want to be putting that into your customers' minds. You want to be encouraging them to calm the dog down and show them what signs to look for that the dog is calm and then move ahead, which is what we're going to go for. Um, but the other thing is really interesting that she says that the dog stops barking once she meets the other dog because so many dogs will do this. They're really, 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 really excited. And as soon as they get to the other dog and have a sniff, it all comes down. And that's, that's a good example of what, what, what I'm talking about when I say excited. They're just desperate to get there. It's not really about being aggressive or being dominant or fearful. It's just they just want to meet and greet. And like I said before, they're often very, very social dogs. So, yeah, uh, that, uh, that training number two where they've put that fear and into the, the owners and now they're just staying away isn't going to solve the problem because, as she says, she's now just staying away and it's getting worse. I guess I'm saying there avoidance isn't the solution. Just pure avoidance is not going to be the solution. If you're scared of people, you can't just hide away from people for the rest of your life. That's not going to work. Trainer number three, positive only rewards-based training. Uh, we fed the dog millions of treats. Look, I'm all for positive training. I'm all for using treats at the right time in the right place. But what made me laugh is she said, after reading your excellent book, which you can get off Amazon, I should point that out here. You can get the ebook off Amazon. I realized that this method of using treats has taught our dog now to bark for treats. She started barking at every living thing for which she was rewarded with yummy treats when she stopped. I would never have dreamt of rewarding our toddlers with candy for, for stopping their bad behavior. But that is exactly what we've done with our beagle. And it made me smile because that's something I do talk about in my book. And, uh, you know, the, that theme runs through the video website that, you know, you don't want to just use treats for stopping bad behavior. Very important point. That was trainer number three. And trainer number four. We learned all about leash corrections, prong collars and citronella spray, all the negative consequences for bad behavior. So this was obviously trainer number four. She thought, OK, we need some discipline here. And uh, she was repeatedly told my corrections weren't firm enough. The result, her dog has figured out how to bark and then move away to avoid the snap or the spray. It's damaged the relationship and uh, there's a lot of stress and frustration now. So that's the basic uh, synopsis of their training experience. Could you please let me know what your thoughts are, how to best move forward? Um, if I haven't given you enough info, I'd be happy to expound. Anyway, so that was fantastic. Oh, the other bit here is interesting. Often she barks at new dogs coming into agility class. Class trainer number four explains that this is a dominance issue and wants to see firm leash corrections until the dog is silent. So is the issue fear or dominance? I get so confused. Oh, Crystal, look, I love that email. So thanks once again for uh, writing it uh, writing it to me. Here's uh, the last little bit here. It makes me smile as well. I often joke with my husband that I wish our dog was a little more stupid or that we were a little smarter. My family and I appreciate any insights you might have. If I'd raised my children the way I've been training Bailey thus far, I'd probably have signed them up to a good boarding school before they turned 10. I thank you for reading this long post and look forward to hearing from you, Crystal. So... Yeah, this podcast is dedicated to you, Crystal. Look, in a nutshell, you know, I understand where all those four dog trainers are coming from. But uh, again, going back to what we just touched on, the three options available is one, yeah, sure. If your dog is too aggressive or too excited, move them away. If your dog is looking good, let them meet. And the third option, which is what we're going to really go into detail now, is if your dog is excited, 
You can work with them, and this is the real training. This is the, this is the real key to everything. Work with your dog to calm them down, and then when they calm down a little bit, you're going to move forward or closer to that other dog. And I think the thing about those four trainers is nowhere does she really give us the, me the feeling that she's ever been taught um, by any of them how to actually help calm your dog down, which, which really is the key. So in a nutshell, what you're going to be doing is dropping your dog one level down on that energy meter. So the energy meter is a concept I talk about in more detail inside the video website, where if you think of your dog's energy on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being your dog in the absolute red zone, you don't want your dog here ever, 9, 8, really just too excited still, 7, 6, 5, they're calming down, but they're still pretty excited, and 4, 3, 2, 1, they're virtually dropping asleep. What you're looking to do is say your dog is at a level eight and you need to monitor and measure what you know eight is for you. It could be different from another person. But if your dog is at a level eight, here's the real key. What you're aiming to do, what the training is, is you're trying to train your dog to drop from an eight to a seven. And if you can train your dog to do that, then what I would suggest is either let them meet the other dog or at least move towards the other dog. In other words, reward them for calming down and so what you're doing is twofold one is you're training your dog to be calmer which is you know obviously it's brilliant that's what we're trying to achieve the other thing is when your dog gets close enough to the other dog then they're going to be in a calm state which is means there's going to be far less chance of any aggression happening so calm is the key getting your dog to calm down is the is the real solution and you know, if you've got a dog who's back flipping and barking and standing on their back legs, you know, woofing away, they're at a level eight or nine. The chance of them being able to drop to an eight, to a seven, to a six is, you know, it's not going to happen. So you've got to sort of be grateful for small things sometimes. You may just to start with get your dog to drop from nine to an eight and, uh, you know, maybe a couple. And then you may walk away. So I'm not saying you have to let your dog then greet and meet the other dog. You're just saying just learn to calm down a little bit. Because this really is a bit of a marathon. It's not a sprint. You know, you're not going to solve this problem completely just in a 35-minute training session. Um, however, sometimes that does happen. But what I'm saying is if you get these tools and techniques and this approach under your belt and you implement it now, within a month or so, I almost guarantee you're going to have a dog who's far, far calmer on the leash. And I'm going to go – we're not finished here because the real key to calming your dog is what I'm going to go through now. But that's the concept. That's what you're trying to achieve and the other thing with when you're trying to calm your dog down is you may get them to go from, say, a level 7 to a level 6, and they may only gonna be, they're only going to be there for 10 seconds or so. So, don't, again, don't expect miracles. If your dog is showing signs of trying to calm down, you know, you let them go when they've calmed down a little bit or you move them closer. It's the same with children. Sometimes, you know, my, my children are jumping around and I'm trying to wipe their face or wipe their hands after tea. And, it's, you know, you can't get them to stand still and, and do a proper face wash. And so you just quickly wipe their hands. You'd be grateful and think, well, as they grow up, you know, this will get better and better. And it does. So set realistic, realistic expectations. Now, that is the goal, to drop your dog one or maybe two or three levels, depending on uh, how much time you've got and how your dog responds. And so the last topic really is how do you calm your dog down? Well, I guess this topic is where I would sort of, I want to start with just a, you know, a, a, a go to a deeper level, which is really that some, so many people comment on how excited their dogs are, especially in comparison to mine. And before I actually talk about some techniques that you can use at the park. I want to give you the real, 
the, the meat of calming your dog down, the real key to calming your dog down, and it doesn't happen at the park when you're about to meet another dog. The real key is depowering your dog at home. It's getting your dog to understand that you make all the decisions at home. Effectively, you are the pack leader at home. And when you get that bit right, then you'll have a different dog at the park. And, you know, that's what that's what my video website, theonlinedogtrainer.com, is all about. It gives you five golden rules for putting in place that will really transform your dog into understanding that you're in charge. And that foundation is what allows you to then put in place these tools and techniques for calming your dog down. So these tools and techniques, they're very valuable, they're very powerful, they're what I use day in, day out, but they sit on top of, they need to sit on top of the foundation that you're the pack leader. Because if your dogs don't truly respect you, then all of this stuff just flies out the window. It's like water off a duck's back. Your dog says, I'm in charge, I want to go and meet that dog, I don't care what you do. I understand you're trying to say calm down and walk the other way, but you know what? I don't listen to you. You're not in charge, I am. So... Here's some of the tools and techniques that you can you can uh, practice. And again, there's videos on all of these inside my video website. I'll try and explain them, but that's why I built the site, because it's not as easy as uh, just watching a video. But the calm freeze is a technique I use where you put your hand under the dog's collar. You put your hand in an underhand grip, your palm facing up, and you crouch down. And you hold under your dog's chin, you crouch down, you turn your back on the other dog. I call it the calm freeze. It calms your dog down. That is one of the most powerful ways of just calming dogs down. You don't look at them. You don't speak to them. You don't, you know, give them eye contact. You just stay super calm. You go into almost that meditative state almost. You be calm. You know, it's no good shouting at your dog. Calm down. Calm down. Bailey, Zippy, whatever the name is. Calm down. Stop barking. You've got to be calm. So that's one technique. But there's a lots. You know, you could put your dog on a lead. And believe it or not, you can just walk them calmly away. Two yards forward turn, change direction. I call this stop, start, change direction. Very powerful when you put it in place at the right time, at the right distance from another dog. What you're doing is you're taking the initiative, you're taking control of your dog, and you're saying to them, this is how I actually want you to behave. Watch me, follow me, listen to me. So there's a couple of options. And of course, that one allows you to move further away from the other dog. So you may do that for 30 seconds. Move the dog away, calm them down, and then when they're calm, you may do a calm freeze or you may not need to. Then you can start to move closer to the other dog. And this is what I show in that video of Peanut and Inca and Moses meeting Lola. Peanut especially, we used the, the, this calm freeze technique on Lola and uh, she totally calmed down. The lady was doing it for the very first time. It's all on video and she was actually amazed. You can see it. Dog barking, excited, comes right down. And then we decide, okay, now you can go and greet and meet. But, the, you know, the, the list of ways of calming a dog down is, is endless because it's not just about taking control of the dog. You could use a slightly different technique, um, such as distracting your dog. You may give them a command. I've worked with a German Shepherd where he was so obedient on his down command that when he was all, whoo, whoo, there's a dog over there at the park, I want to go and meet him. If you said to him, down, he lay down in this beautiful position and he really couldn't bark very well in that position. So he went into that calm, relaxed down position and then we told him to walk and we could walk him up to the other dog. So it could be that you can get your dog to do a little sit or a little down. You could use food treats to get their attention. You maybe have a squeaky toy, anything to distract them. And remember, all you're trying to do is calm them one little degree, one level, you calm them down. So you may have a dog who's at level eight and they're just eyes are focused, locked on to a dog in the distance that they're just desperate to run towards. Now, I'd suggest that if you can get those dog, your dog's eyes to, to look up at you 
and you say, you know, say your dog's called Charlie. Charlie, Charlie, look, eyes or whatever, or say, what's this? Charlie, sit, good boy. That breaking of the eye contact and looking up at you and you get him to do a sit and then you may do a down and then you may give him a treat. That's what we're looking for. Because if you can get him just to break that, you know, focus, um, that's that's good enough. Maybe that that's all you achieve. And then you say, good boy, Charlie, walk. And you start walking slowly towards the other dog and you do it again. Good boy, Charlie. That's all I'm asking for. Just calm. And you're, without saying it, you're getting car, Charlie to calm down. So like I say, there's not one simple way of achieving this. There's lots of ways. But going back to what I said earlier, being the pack leader is the real key. If you've got a calm dog at home, you'll have a calm dog on the walk. You'll have calm greetings and meetings. And of course, calm energy is all about not shouting, not screaming, not talking. So when you're trying to calm your dog, avoid pats, cuddles, and affection. Generally, it doesn't uh, it doesn't help. Um, yeah, remember that pack leader stuff. I always say that you know a child in my book. I, I wrote. I said a child who. Uh, this is a, qu- a quote from somebody. I can't remember who now, but there's a child who basically doesn't learn respect at home and doesn't respect their parents is not going to respect anybody. And it is true with your dog. If they walk all over you at home and they're running amok at home, then that's what's going to happen outside. They're not going to listen to you. So make sure you get that bit in place first. And, uh, you know, another little tip, when you've started, when you've got that foundation in place and you're the pack leader and you've done some of this training, another, um, another thing that you can consider is popping your dog into doggy daycare, especially if they're, you know, if they're not um, too big and they're not, you know, you don't want to put them in there if they're aggressive or there's a chance of a, a rumble happening. But if they're just, if they're young, if they're a young pup, five month old, six month old, then absolutely doggy daycare can be great because some of the bigger dogs will sort of in a nice way, put them in their place and show them the rules and explain to them, hey, that's not how you do it. That is not acceptable. And uh, yeah, so they can learn at doggy daycare as well. So there you have it. In summary, we've basically, you know, we've covered off the three available option, op, uh, options available to you that, you know, walking away, letting them play immediately and learning to calm them down. Just that one notch. There's some techniques there, which you, you put those in place and you'll start to see, yep, if you can calm your dog down day by day, they get calmer and calmer until they get the hang of it. What you're asking for is for them to be calm. And if they're calm, you can let them play. And of course, that foundation is absolutely crucial being the pack leader so that just about wraps it up remember the notes are all on the website doggydan.com forward slash show four and uh yep it's been an absolute pleasure being with you today really looking forward to doing some of the shows i know i keep saying that but i do i love doing these shows and sharing sharing my knowledge and uh, lots of great stuff to look forward to. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, please do look at uh, signing up and uh, subscribing on YouTube and, uh, sorry, subscribing on iTunes, I should say, and then you can actually give it a rating and help other people find the site and help us uh, all move along together. And uh, if you're interested in getting hold of all those videos that I've touched on, stopping any unwanted dog behaviors, becoming the pack leader, raising a perfect puppy, then go straight to theonlinedogtrainer.com. You'll find what you're looking for. Have a great day. I'm Doggy Dan. Thank you ever so much for listening and love your dog. You've been listening to another episode of the Doggy Dan Podcast Show, bringing you one step closer to creating harmony with your dog. 